Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! Listings down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. Burst from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to this episode of the Palace of Pistons podcast. And boy, has it been a while. Of course, we've had a couple podcasts with interview guests, including Arnie Kander and Larry Sanders. But the trio is back. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay. We are all here with you uh, as we're still here. State of Michigan, the the stay-at-home order in effect. Uh, so we're joined over a nice little Google Meet conference call. But, boys, great to be on the line with you. And uh, some big storyline coming across today for the Pistons. And, you know, nice to have some content to discuss. But before we get into the basketball talk, just kind of want to check in, see how you guys are doing, and how have you been holding up through uh, throughout this quarantine? Yeah, doing pretty good, you know. Um Obviously, we did have those couple interviews that we did with Arnie Kander and Larry Sanders that were two really good episodes of the podcast that you should absolutely go check out if you haven't had the opportunity to yet. Um, but yeah, just happy happy to be back on the mic with you guys, talking some Pistons, talking something that I didn't anticipate talking about, but it's good to be here, good to be talking with you guys. Yeah, what is happening, fellas? It's been a, It's been a long while since we've been on together. Uh, kind of missed it, but you know, holding up all right. And honestly, like Aaron said, wasn't expecting to be on today. This is, um, it's quite interesting, but I'm glad to be here. Glad to be back with you boys. So, uh, yeah, let's get it going. Yeah. Good to be talking guys. And, uh, you know, nice to have some content to discuss. Of course, everybody knows the NBA season came to a halt at the beginning of this coronavirus pandemic. And, well, really, since there hasn't been much Pistons content, unless if you want to start doing mock draft stuff and talking about who the Pistons could take and, you know, where will they fall in terms of draft positioning. And, you know, of course, people are talking about maybe the restart of the NBA season and what are they going to do with that? Is it going to just be a, a playoff, a regular season? So, you know, it looks like it's going to be in Orlando and they're trying to finalize details on that front. Um, but the one surefire topic we can discuss – and anybody that follows the Pistons closely, no doubt saw that the Pistons announced they are beginning a search to hire a general manager. Of course, right now, Ed Stefanski is, uh, you know, the, the leader of basketball operations for Detroit, really the acting general manager, um, you know, and he is going to be the senior advisor of basketball operations and, from our understanding is he's going to continue to make the basketball decisions, but now they're going to hire a general manager as well. And you start to wonder, what does this mean for Detroit? When the news first broke, I made a comment to Aaron and I said, well, this is probably just for somebody to handle some more of the operational side of things. Um, Maybe this is a way to kind of groom an up and coming GM, allow them to then take the position over in due time. And they get to kind of see the full process come together. But, you know, there, there's a couple angles you could take from it. Aaron goes, well, maybe it's Stefanski's on his way out. 
you know, maybe Stefanski is just going to be an advisor and they don't trust him with the rebuild. And we go back and forth and I want to steal all the talking points, but you know, Aaron, so I guess I kind of teased your initial reaction there, but I'll start with you. What, what are, what were your thoughts? And after further reports have come out kind of discussing what the Pistons are looking for in this candidate, what's your reaction uh, to this news coming across? I mean, it just kind of seems odd that you hired Ed Stefanski back in 2018 and you know, you don't hire a GM, but throughout the next few months, it becomes practically known that Ed Stefanski is your quote-unquote general manager. And it, it seems like he's done a pretty good job at trying to keep the Pistons competitive and put together a winning team after Tom Gores allowed and okayed Stan Van Gundy trading for Blake Griffin just months before Tom Gorzen fired Stan Van Gundy. So Stefanski came in and had the job, it seemingly had the job of, we want to win right now, but you also have to fix our lack of assets, our lack of youth, and our cap space situation, while still putting together a winning ball club. And... Obviously, the Pistons made the playoffs last season. They had a you know a good season for a franchise that you know had had a good season, uh, except for one playoff playoff venture with Stan Van Gundy. And then this year, obviously, the injuries rose back up and really kicked the Pistons in the butt with Blake Griffin going down, Freddie Jackson going down, Derrick Rose missing time, Luke Kennard going down. So. The injuries totally derailed uh, the Pistons this year, but it looked like they had a roster that, if healthy, was going to, again, compete for a playoff spot while Ed Stefanski was bringing in a Sekou Dumboya, you know, making moves at the draft to bring, you know, to bring in Jordan Bone and was really focusing on the development of Bruce Brown and had, all, had a guy like Christian Wood make the roster over – Joe Johnson, a proven NBA veteran. It seemed like he was, you know, doing that job of building up the assets, putting together a winning roster. And now all of a sudden, Detroit's hiring a general manager who, by the way, is still going to be reporting to Ed Stefanski. And Ed Stefanski is still going to be the top guy in charge. He's going to be the one okaying, you know, the free agency signings, the trades, the draft stuff. He's still the top guy, but the Pistons are going to hire a general manager. And to me, this just it just doesn't really all add up. It's not standard order of procedure or standard order of operation, whatever you, you want to call it. This is very odd. You know, Ed Stefanski has done a good job towing the line. Whether that's the right decision as a franchise, that's a different, you know, conversation for a different time. But given his task at hand when he signed on to be the senior advisor of the franchise and to Tom Gores, he has done a good job. So for them to go out and, and hire a general manager when they already have an assistant general manager in Malik Rose, who when he was brought in by Detroit, was talked of incredibly highly, not just by the Pistons, but around the league. You know, the talk of Malik Rose was this guy is going to be 
a future GM sooner rather than later, is a great basketball mind, you know, is capable of running a front office. And now the Pistons are going to go off and they're not, it doesn't sound at least like they're going to hire from within. It sounds like they're going to hire from the outside. And this guy is going to have, you know, not, not going to have the say of making the decisions. That's the thing. He's still going to make the decisions or at least have the final say on it. You know, maybe this is something where it's like what Jeff Bauer did with Stan Van Gundy, where Bauer did maybe some of the legwork on the deals, and then eventually Stan Van Gundy, you know, would make the final decisions and the final negotiation. Stan Van Gundy was coaching that too. So there was a reason to have someone else in the front office making those kind of, uh, you know, deals and whatnot. That's the fancy's job is to run the front office. It's, he doesn't have to go coach. It, it, there's no other thing that he has to do. So this is all kind of odd to me. I think it would have made a lot more sense if the Pistons would have just hired a general manager, named a general manager alongside Ed Stefanski. Uh, but to do it two years later, you know, why why did you go from having a senior advisor who's capable of making the decisions to having a senior advisor that needs help, you know, when he's done a good job? It just doesn't all add up to me. It's weird. Yeah. I'd like to work Ryan into the mix here. Ryan, what were your thoughts? No, I'm kind of with Aaron here. When I, when the news first broke and came across my phone, my first thought is this is curious. Uh, I mean, what what angle are they taking? I don't necessarily understand, kind, kind of like Aaron said. The fans are still going to be making all the moves, all the decisions necessarily. And – is this like a Jeff Bauer situation where this new GM is going to be doing all the legwork pretty much, or most of the legwork, and then Stefanski comes in at the end and finalizes, makes the final decision, this, that, and the other. But wasn't that what Malik Rose was here for? And if so, what's this thing about Malik Rose? They don't have any faith in him? Are they, I mean, are, or are they just looking for a new outside voice as they be, begin the building of the rebuilding process? Stefanski did a great job of trying to balance the books, trying to balance the balance sheet, you know, getting assets where he can, getting some use, and now really putting this, hey, we're really tanking it here. That's what they said this season is, hey, now we're really going for this. Are they bringing in an outside voice to have another perspective to how they fully rebuild this? What's going on here? I don't know. It's confusing to me. It's a little curious. I thought Stefanski was doing a fine job. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's very, it's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. You know, my, and I kind of mentioned this in my, my preview with Aaron um, to his response, if you will, I guess I wasn't as taken aback by it, I guess. Um, to me, it's, it kind of seems like a, like a no big deal to me. This comes across as a story that that's going to generate conversation because we are really hungry for some content. It, to me, it looks like, Hey, Ed Stefanski is going to continue in his role and he's going to have, you know, somebody come in with the title of general manager um, that really kind of just comes in and, and aids the process. You know, Ed Stefanski was in a position of, you know, maintaining a contender while trying to make moves that best positioned the Pistons for the future, knowing that, you know, they really, they were not going to compete for an NBA championship. So, you know, let's, let's try to put a product that could be competitive around 
Blake, Andre, Reggie Jackson, etc. Now they make the moves to trade Dre. They buy out Reggie. And, and you have to wonder a couple things. One, maybe this is simply just a move to bring in somebody with uh, rebuild experience. And it brings on another voice that's been around a successful rebuild and can bring some insight to the process, to the scouting of, uh, of NBA draft prospects and things like that. So there's one angle that maybe this is an opportunity to bring in somebody proven with rebuilding experience. Two, maybe this is an opportunity to bring in a young up-and-coming general manager that Detroit would like to have in their front office for a long period of time. Maybe Ed Stefanski isn't looking at being around for much more than a couple years, and the Pistons don't want to get to a situation of, well, Ed Stefanski decides to you know, leave after a few years to retire or whatever, and now in the middle of a rebuild – they're they're kind of stuck. They've got to hire a new GM and a new process. Maybe that's the thought process, or it's it, it's something that says, "Hey, Ed Stefanski, we're going to push you out, and he he's not the guy we want to lead a rebuild. So maybe for one year, this is somebody that serves as the leader of basketball operations. You know, or maybe even coincides with the Blake Griffin contract. But then once you fully depart from you know that big deal or any other um, contractual agreements that would hold you back from going all in on a rebuild and being able to fully scope out your vision you know maybe Ed's gone in a couple of years uh, not on his own accord so so I don't know I uh, it could mean a couple of different things you know the Pistons of course are going to make it a non non-issue, not, not look like they have a personnel or organizational issue. And maybe that is true, but it's interesting to look at the different angles. I don't take this as a, well, now all of a sudden he needs help. But there is something to say for maybe Tom Gores didn't think Detroit got enough for Andre Drummond. Maybe they didn't like that. You know, we had to buy out Reggie Jackson. The fact that, you know, we're buying out contracts rather than, Training for second round picks. Maybe some of the comments and decisions that were made around the deadline created some doubt in uh, either Tom Gora's mind or Arn Tellum's mind. So, so maybe there's maybe there's something to that as well with Ed Stefanski's handling of the deadline, which is really the first step of a rebuild. Maybe that created some doubt that he is the best long term option. I mean, you look when he was in Philly. And, and he had to make some, some decisions and be part of that rebuilding process. You know, he was part of uh, some interesting decisions that were made there as well that, that did not necessarily push the rebuild in the right direction for Philadelphia. So, um, you know, there, there's a variety of thoughts to be had there. I just think – I think when you look at this decision, you have to ask yourself, why now? You know, why did – they not give the general manager an opportunity to make a decision on Andre Drummond. You know, why did they not allow him to either try to re-sign him or negotiate a sign and trade? Or why did they not allow the general manager? Why did they not have this, this, this guy that they want to be the general manager? Why didn't they already have him in-house? Well, you know, it's not necessary they- if they're going to let Ed Stefanski be the main guy in charge still. 
if it's truly just an operational hire to do some of the the more menial duties of the job, then they don't they didn't need to have a general manager in place for those decisions because Ed Stefanski and Tom Gores and Arn Tellum have already made those decisions. That's, they were that's done. true. That that's true. It's just all it, it just doesn't make sense because when when it when you say you're hiring a general manager. It sounds like you're hiring someone that's going to be making decisions within your front office. And this more so sounds like if that's the fancy still going to be in charge that they're hiring another assistant general manager. That that's what it sounds like to me personally. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I just think this is this just muddies up the situation in the front office a little bit. And you know, as someone that is a believer in Malik Rose who, you know, Brendan you talked about how maybe at Stefanski is done in a couple years. I mean, this is, he's going to be entering the final year of his contract whenever next season is. And, you know, maybe he's, he thinks that he wants to be done. You know, he wants to retire. He's had his time in the league and so be it. But then if you piss off a Malik Rose or, you know, you disrespect him by not giving him the general manager position and he's this, you know, rising star in the front office game, you know, maybe he decides to leave and you lose out on a great candidate there. And my other thing is with this is what big name general manager, or even rising star, you know, in the front office game is going to want to say, look, I'm going to go take essentially an assistant general manager job with the Pistons. I, I don't uh, a lot. No, I, I just I don't I wouldn't say it like that. And Ryan, I'd like to get your input on this as well. But to me, put yourself in the position of an up and coming. Maybe you're an assistant GM. Um you know, you're working in a front office, not in the general manager role, but your goal is to be a GM. If that opportunity comes about to be a general manager, even if you're doing the job of an assistant, but to go and to be the general manager, to have that title, that then allows you to either A, officially take over that position in due time, or B, catapult to a different position where now you have general manager experience. Even if you're not making the decisions, resume still says general manager. So I actually, I actually think a lot of people, a lot of maybe young up and coming front office executives, um, you know, or, or staff members that are not the general manager at that level yet would jump at the opportunity for an increase in title, probably an increase in pay and overall an opportunity to either become the, the lead decision maker in Detroit or elsewhere. General managers, general, really quickly, and then I, I want, I definitely want to let Ryan talk, but really quickly, general managers w- want to be general managers. They want to have the power to build a roster that they see fit. A lot of general managers like to hire a coach that they feel will work with their system, work with their style of management, and that's just not how it's going to be here. This is a general manager that's going to be coming in, reporting to the higher a higher up and that stuff fancy, not going to have the final say in roster making. And there's no way that the Pistons are going to fire Dwayne Casey and let the general manager pick a new coach. Not that that should be the case, but I'm saying in general, that's how general managers like to operate. And this is certainly not going to be a status quo kind of general manager position. Sure. No, uh, Brendan, I understand your point completely about, uh, you know, the increase in title, increase in pay, you know, help on your resume. I get all that, and I, and I understand it, but I think Aaron's right. When, you, when you're hired to be a GM, no matter what, who you are, up-and-comer, established, doesn't matter, you are taking that job 
to be the final say, to be the guy to build that franchise in your image. Um, and I know the Pistons have put out there essentially that that's not going to be the case for this person who was hired as a GM. But in general, like that's why you take that GM spot. And one thing we keep bringing up here in this conversation is a young up-and-comer, a young up-and-comer, a young up-and-comer. Don't we – where we were sold that we have the best up-and-comer already in our franchise. Were we not – I mean, Malik Rose from tw- like 2016 to 2018, all I heard is Malik Rose is going to be a star in a front office. He is going to be a hotshot gem. It was everywhere. And now we have him, and now we're just going to get – so Stefanski does retire in a year or two years, and this new GM they bring in just takes over. So does that mean – I can't get off this point. Does that mean Malik Rose just isn't it? Or are we just disrespecting Rose? What is that? I can't get off that point. That sticks in my – like that is the, one of the first things that stuck in my mind. The second I saw they were going – they were outsourcing. They were looking for someone outside the organization for this GM role. Well, what is Malik Rose doing then? Has he been a failure? Has he been a bust? What's going on there? I don't know. That's, that's all that sticks in my mind. And back to the, circling back to the point we're making here is, Aaron, I agree with you. I don't quite get it in a sense because GMs want to come in. They want to mold the team. They want to pick the head coach that's going to fit their system. So I don't know. It's just there's a lot to this, and I'm just really curious about how this is going to work out. Yeah, I, I guess um, I, I just wonder, and I'm trying to read more into this as we go. And, yeah, obviously we're doing this as really a reactionary podcast. Uh, this is being recorded day of the announcement, right? Uh, it's Tuesday the 26th as we sit here and analyze this. So there's still a lot of information that's going to hopefully continue to come out and a clear understanding to everything going on. And, boys, your point's not wrong. I don't disagree with you at all. You're right. I mean, it's like a head coach. When you get hired in to be a head coach, you want to run your team the way you best see fit, the way you're comfortable. And you want an influence on the personnel, right? So you want that good relationship with your general manager because you know, you want personnel that fits your system, that will buy into what you preach and how you do it, et cetera. I, the interesting point is Malik Rose, because you're right. He was the up-and-comer. We had that guy in our system. And you got to wonder, was Malik Rose offered that position, and did he decline it in terms of uh, increase in title, knowing the role he'd actually be stepping into? You know, I don't know. Maybe not. And if not, why not? Why is he why is he getting bypassed? Or is this going to be a hire of maybe somebody that was previously a general manager and is either no longer was relieved of their duties that could kind of come in and really just be a yes man and doesn't have the ambition of needing to prove themselves, but more so just wants to get back into more of an executive position. You know, could that be the type of hire the Pistons make? I don't know, you know. So then if Ed Stefanski does decide to retire or you don't renew his contract, then you're kind of stuck with, are you relieving the general manager brought in as well? Or, you know, what happens to your personnel that was previously in place, a.k.a. Malik Rose, right? 
So some serious questions there. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I, I still go back to who's taking this job. You know, is this a way to get Chauncey into the organization? Is, is this really? It, it could this be the time? Like it for years. I mean, dating back to Stan Van Gundy getting let go, it was bring in Chauncey, bring in Chauncey, and, and if now, the Pistons do that. I don't know, and I don't want to cut you off. I apologize, Aaron. But if the Pistons do that, I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. Well, I'll play double advocate here. Are they going to? Are they doing this so that they can bring in Chauncey Billups and let him, you know, see the game, learn the front office for a year or two, and then turn it over to him? Is that the plan? Because all I see on my Twitter timeline right now, not that I was expecting otherwise, but all I see are, are make Chauncey the GM, make Chauncey the GM. And there's no doubt that Chauncey Billups is a good basketball mind. He's one of the better color commentators of former players, you know, in the broadcasting game. But at the end of the day, he still is only a color analyst. You know, former players – don't always succeed as general managers. They don't always succeed as coaches. There's a lot There's a lot to basketball outside of just having played it. You are not a guaranteed hit after playing as a coach or GM just because you played in the NBA. And there are so many examples that can be shown both in coaching and in front office that I'm not going to waste my time going through the list because well, you – there's just there's, there's numerous you know numerous names in each facet. So if this is the Pistons' plan, where they want to bring in Chauncey, and they want to you know try to generate some more spark around the franchise, and maybe they truly do feel that Chauncey, you know, in a couple years may be ready to run the show. Fine, go ahead, I guess. But if that's not the plan, and you know they're going to start interviewing other people, you know. I'm just very confused as to where like Rashid Wallace. <laughs> um, so Ryan, I want to go to you. What would your reaction be if it was Chauncey Billups that was hired as the general manager? Uh, my reaction would be then the plan is that he's going to be taking over. Like they are grooming him. Exactly. I think, I think the it's been understood that. People think Chauncey Phillips can be uh, big time in a front office, but he doesn't have the experience, and yet no one's hiring him for the experience. So if the Pistons were to bring him in, one, it does add that spark to the franchise a little bit. It gets a little buzz going. I mean, not crazy buzz, but, you know, Chauncey is a beloved figure in this town, and he's coming back, and it, it sparks a little energy. Okay. And then, two, it gives him time to learn the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, a year, two years, even maybe even three years. Who knows? Where he's the GM, but he's really learning the ins and outs of the front office. Because, like Aaron said, being a former NBA player and a very successful one at that doesn't make you a successful head coach or GM. Being a GM is not so much about knowing who's a good basketball player and whatnot. It's about being a good businessman. If you're not a good businessman, you can know all the basketball you want to know. If you're not a good businessman, you're not going to succeed. And I guess you got to see if Chauncey has those type of shots. Is he a good businessman? So he's learning the ropes. He'll kind of, you know, get his feet wet, you know, wet the beak a little bit, 
and they'll see if they have something. I guess my, that's my reaction to if they bring him in. Right. They're grooming him. They're seeing what he has. They're helping him learn the ropes, and he'll take it whenever Stefanski uh, walks away. Well, and that's the thing. You know, it's one of those what better little trial and error for really the Pistons and for Chauncey Billups. Because, you know, for the Pistons, it gives them an opportunity exactly to bring Chauncey into the organization, a guy they want to have in the organization, you know, presumably for the long term in some capacity, right? And if you're Chauncey, you get to come in and say, yes, being a GM is for me, or no, being a GM is not for me. Also, the benefit of this current setup is, so Chauncey gets hired, Ed Stefanski is still the senior advisor making basketball decisions. Okay, that's fine. Then if things don't work out, Chauncey's not the fall guy. Ed Stefanski is. Now Chauncey doesn't become a villain in this town either. You know, he doesn't kind of have what you could call the Dumars effect. You know, obviously Dumars, beloved Piston and NBA champion, becomes a general manager, has success. Everybody loves when they fall apart. And everybody just knocks on Dumars. If you're Chauncey, you've got to take that. You'd think that he would take that into some consideration as well of, I don't want to go down that path of hero to villain, you know. Obviously, he walks into a different situation, and he's not walking into a winner where his biggest responsibility is to not screw it up. Um, it's a much, much different situation right now, uh, and he's got a chance to continue to be a hero and bring it to another level. Um, but uh, to me, it's it's if that's the hire you're going to make, it's the absolute perfect time to do it because it goes back to the original point of why do you need a GM? If you have Ed Stefanski, why do you need a GM? Not If you wanted to hire an assistant GM or another, um, you know, just assistant within the office to do operational stuff, you don't have to give them the general manager title. You would do that for a guy like Chauncey if you were trying to keep him around long term and make him the, you know, director of basketball operations or, you know, head of whatever, senior basketball advisor, whatever title you want to give him that uh, or if it remains general manager that puts him in the position of being the decision maker for the long term. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a weird situation right now. And I think we've kind of covered the basis of it, but man, maybe the Pistons do have a plan, but I don't know. I mean, I, I I just don't know. I think Ed Stefanski's done a nice job. You know, I think if you want to get him some more help in the front office, that's fine. You want to hire on another assistant general manager, that's fine. You want to add to your, you know, player, you know, player scouting or whatever. You want to add to your front office in some capacity, that's fine. But you come out and say and say that you're hiring a general manager who's still going to report to Ed Stefanski, it just makes it sound like a it, it doesn't matter that he's the general manager. So Maybe this is setting up for something. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Who really knows? Not us. Right. Well, I guess we'll find out. I guess we will find out. But, uh, you know, in other Pistons news, Davidis Servitas has uh, signed a contract in Jerusalem. Of course, the Pistons draftee, uh, you know, kind of the, the stash overseas, if you will, um, you know, has another contract for next year. But, you kind of wonder at what point will the Pistons 
end up bringing him to the roster roster, excuse me. Is he still a few years away? Um, you know, or is he a guy that, you know, potentially come next season, whenever that may be, hopefully on schedule, um, that, that they call and maybe put on the roster. Yeah, I think this is just a smart move for, for Davidas because, you know, it's great to have contract security if you're not brought over next season. And it gives him an opportunity, obviously, to continue to play professional basketball for good money uh, and develop. And, you know, if he wants out of that contract, he can get out of that contract. He can get a buyout. Uh, you know, if the Pistons say, look, we want you to come over and play in Grand Rapids for a year, or, hey, we want you on the main roster next year. Either way, this is this is going to work out just fine. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Davides and his tape from this year, but you got to certainly hope that he's coming along well considering what the Pistons gave up to draft him. So this move in, in total isn't really all that big of a deal. You know, either way, Davides will be a Piston when the Pistons want Davides to be a Piston. And, you know, when, while he's still not a Piston, He's still playing professional basketball, still developing, and still getting paid that money. No, no, Aaron, I'm in complete agreement with Aaron. It's good for all parties involved. Good for us to be this, good for the Pistons. No problems here. Well, some things, you know, don't change. I feel like I've heard a lot of Ryan saying, I agree with Aaron. I agree with Aaron today. Just like the good old days, boys. I don't know. Aaron and I have been on the same page for quite a while. I guess so. I guess so. But no, I, I think we're all in, in the same kind of general consensus on this stuff. And, you know, some interesting points brought to the table today. And, you know, it's interesting to see. I mean, Aaron, you did say, I think you said it best. Nobody really knows yet. This is obviously a story that just came out. We're learning more about it. Maybe this is a, a no big deal headline. Maybe this is much more than we realize. So, um, you know, we're just going to have to follow it see what happens. I'm really glad that we found some content to get us back on the air here today. Um, you know, we don't have a consistent schedule yet set in place of you know, maybe when that weekly podcast will resume. That's something that we're continuing to discuss. But the bottom line is there needs to be content, right? And with the league on the shutdown, there's only so much we could do. And, you know, we want to make sure we bring content when it's fresh, especially if we start talking draft and whatnot. You don't want to do that too soon. And uh, sound like we're just recycling old bits. So, you know, bear with us. We had some great content today. Glad we could get that back on the air. And as opportunities comes about, you know that we want to be back here with you talking Pistons basketball uh, and hopefully a product that is going to get better over time. And that doesn't necessarily translate to winning a bunch of games next year. That means in direction and, and long-term success you know, for this organization. But, boys, any final thoughts as we wrap up this week's uh, – I shouldn't even say this week. Like, again, we're on that weekly schedule. But this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast? This was good to be back. I felt I felt a real high when, when we were talking, and, and I really enjoyed it. So, you know, hopefully there will be some more content for us to do another podcast soon. Yeah, happy to be here, boys. It was good to be back. Well, we thank you guys for being here, and we thank all of you joining us here on this podcast discussing the Ed Stefanski, uh, well, the search for the Pistons hire general manager to work with Ed Stefanski, you know, really being that primary 
headline. We thank you so much. Of course, as we still navigate through this pandemic, hopefully we're closer to an end. Um, we wish you well. We wish you good health and good safety. And uh, we look forward to being back here regularly with you soon here on the podcast. For Aaron Johnson and Ryan Pay, I'm Brendan Johnson, and we'll see you next time here on the Pals of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.